Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, we're recording this on election night in America. Mm. So by the time you're listening to this, it may well be the case that you know who the next president of the United States is. But Annabelle and I don't know. Oh, we're in the past. Um, Are you going to stay up and watch it? I'm not. No, because I value my sleep too much. And I'm going to look at my phone the moment I wake in the morning. Mm. That's my plan. Like, what difference does it make? Because I, I am somebody who stays up to watch these things as a matter yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. And I do often think, well, was that worth it? The next I mean, day when you're tired. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it especially wasn't the last presidential election. <laughs> no. It was just a, a grim night watching it all unfold. I think I've told you before, it, Gene at the time would have been about six months old and his sleep was horrendous. So what we used to do was do shifts during the night i think i would do you know maybe up until midnight and then sarah would do midnight till six right and then i'd do from six in the morning or five in the morning or or whatever it was and she was back out doing stand-up comedy so she came home from a gig one night and she's oh she's american she's saying i should stay up and watch this shouldn't i i said sarah and I remember saying this to you as well mm. as we said goodnight. We used to walk to the tube station together mm. after the radio show. I said the same thing to her as I said to you. I said, Sarah, don't let the circus of Donald Trump detract from the fact that your country is about to elect its first female president. <laughs> so I say that to her. I say, you go and sleep. I'll stay up because I, I watch these things. I'll stay up and, and watch it and I'll deal with Gene when he wakes up in the night. And then when she's about to make a speech, then I'll come and wake you. And I remember coming up here to the loft where we are now, and she was sleeping on that bed there, and it was like this horrible, rainy, windy night, and, you know, you could hear the rain coming down on the roof. I remember coming in at about six in the morning and saying, well, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is Eugene slept through the night. Right, amazing. The bad news is Donald Trump is president. Wow. And she's just in shock. 
But it was a memorable night for being the first night Eugene slept through. Well, there you go, yeah. You know, so I'll always remember you know, the, the silver lining, <laughs> the bright side of it. I'll tell you what people, because I've been watching the news quite a lot in the run-up run to this, but it's, it, it doesn't just apply to the presidential election. It's, it's people who appear on the news. Do you know what they love telling you? Mm, what? That they don't have a crystal ball. They say that a lot. All the time people are on the news saying, well, I don't have a crystal ball. Nobody's got a crystal ball. Like, I, didn't know t- I knew you didn't have a crystal ball. Furthermore, if you do have a crystal ball, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Because your opinion is no longer valid. And even if you do have one, what are you going to be doing with it? No no one can really see into it. Like, I'm just assuming you don't have a crystal ball. Mm. The default position for people who go on news programmes should be, we know that you don't have a crystal ball. If you have a crystal ball, that's what you should be disclosing. Yes, yes. And if you're using it for anything other than ornamental purposes or maybe Amdram, Mm, mm. then you shouldn't be allowed on the news. Your opinion is no longer valid. It should have been disclosed before forehand to the producers yeah, yeah by the yeah. way i've got a crystal ball yeah yeah um do you think donald trump is a drifter no i think you're right because i thought about it though well it, it's you i think your initial reaction is no of course not. yeah yeah that, and that's because of the bullish mm. way that he moves through the world but yeah he's very very thin-skinned and very sensitive yes yes so uh, so, so that the, there, there is it, it does give a moment of pause to think could he be because the bullishness could be covering something very sensitive down, deep down below well, we yeah. know he's got very very thin skin yes yeah but i think to truly be a drifter you can't have that sort of bullishness as well. You don't have that bit. No. Yeah. Okay. There's a bunch of other stuff that I think disqualifies him. We haven't got a code of conduct, but I like to think that if we did draw one up, mm. there'd be some elements of his behaviour which possibly contravene it. Yeah. Uh, how was your Halloween? My Halloween was very, very unhalloweeny. Didn't do anything. When you're writing down the word Halloween, do you always include the apostrophe? Never. I always do. Oh, you pedant. <laughs> Such a pedant. And I bet you love it as well. Yeah. Being the one who's got it exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 Um, we had a, uh, Sarah and I had a slightly tense moment about Halloween. Okay. So I should point out that ours is a big, our neighbourhood goes big. It's like what I imagine it's like being in America and and what I imagine it's like being in America on Halloween is largely inspired by the film film E.T. But what I mean is the streets are just full of kids going trick-or-treating. That is what a regular Halloween looks like here. To give you, I'm sure I've mentioned both of these on the podcast before, but to to give you an example of what it's like in our neighbourhood, there was one time... Uh, on the 31st of October, sort of earlier in the day, I was walking to the shops and I passed somebody on our road putting out a jack-o'-lantern pumpkin mm. and I saw them putting a candle in it and it was a scented diptyque candle. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So firstly, there's that element. Yeah. And then I think this is really illustrative. There was one year, I think that maybe the first or second year that we lived here, where I decided a really fun thing to do 
knowing that all these kids are becoming because the first year we lived here we didn't understand the code was that if you put a pumpkin out Mm -mm. then they're allowed to knock on the door and if you don't then they're not yeah i didn't know that until recently so we got all these sweets in and nobody knocked on the door and we wondered that we had the reputation for being the creepy family who's (laughs) (laughs) creepy exactly yeah and then then somebody told us so the next year we we got pumpkins and I bought all these sweets, but also for a big laugh, I bought a load of Brussels sprouts raw and put them in a huge bowl. And when kids knocked on the door and said, trick or treat, I said, oh, I've got a lovely treat for you. And then just watch the disappointment on the faces when they saw the Brussels sprouts and then go, only kidding, and get the chocolates and the sweets out. And just to give you an idea of the type of neighbourhood it is, there was one knock at the door and it was a young girl and her mum she said trick or treat i got the brussels sprouts and the mum went oh delicious vegetables we love crunchy vegetables don't we Mm, brussels sprouts that's so sweet and then when i got out the sweets she went well i think maybe we'd rather have the brussels sprouts because we love brussels sprouts. yeah 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 anyway why am i telling you all this so so this year obviously because of covid trick or treating was discouraged so we didn't want people knocking on the door Mm. however Sarah, and I didn't 100% approve of this, Yeah, but she made an arrangement with some other kids in Jean's bubble, mm. by which I mean kids he's at school with, Yeah, that she phoned a few of the mothers and fathers and said, what if we do a bubble trick-or-treat right. where we just knock on the houses of people they're already in the, the bubble with and we'll have like a little five or six houses they can go to. Okay. So that, so that was the plan. And then it became very complicated because they had to stagger it to make sure everybody was in oh, yeah. for everybody else. It's complicated, yeah. yeah. So we're then in a position where we carve pumpkins and put them outside the house for these kids in the bubble. Mm. But what I'm worried about is just regular trick-or-treaters who aren't following oh, COVID restrictions coming and knocking on the door. Yeah. So I go and buy a huge piece of card and some felt-tip pens and I write in my best sort of Scooby-Doo style writing, no treats here, right? and then stick that on the door. Okay. I do this while Sarah is out on the first okay, yeah. staggered yeah. trick-or-treat round. She comes back and she is not impressed <laughs> with this thing at all and says it looks really aggressive and will get a bad reputation in the neighbourhood. Yeah. Whereas I thought because it was in spooky writing. <laughs> when you say spooky writing, what do you mean? Like quavery? You know, that sort of wobbly writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 If you think that that about, makes it more of a, sort of a jokey. A like... More Halloween-y. Right, right. Yeah. You're with her. He's still you? saying, don't knock. Because what I wanted to put on was see you next year, exclamation mark at the bottom. Oh, yeah, 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 that would have made it better. But I'm no sign writer, so unfortunately uh, I, I misjudged the size of my letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was just room for no more treats. And then I didn't want to go onto a second piece of card. No. So did she take it down then? She did take oh, did it down. Do yeah. Right. And whereas I felt like I spent 15 minutes colouring in those letters. <laughs> colouring in. <laughs> I hate colouring in so much. If you want to know exactly what sort of a person I am, I'm the sort of person who likes drawing the letters or drawing anything. Mm. But then the hard work of colouring in, I'd rather just leave that. But isn't that what Van Gogh did? Yeah. Didn't he sort of have the idea for his sunflowers and then get his students to do it? I think there's a bit more to it than that. (laughs) I've got an idea for some sunflowers, draw them. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
So what I was hoping for here, I guess, mm. is that you would say, no, people understand it's COVID. There's a sign saying no more treats, read between the lines. and uh, But you're still having a fun, funky Halloween time by putting some pumpkins mm. outside your house. Mm. Did, once the sign was taken down, was there a deluge? There were a few. Oh, were there? Yeah. So you were justified? Yeah, I was oh, justified. I came on your and side. then I refused to answer the door because I didn't want that awkward interaction yeah, yeah. with kids who weren't in the bubble. Um, so Sarah did it. Sarah opened the door to them. Oh. And what's more, she gave them sweets. Oh, oh. Yeah, I know. Oh. Right, so, is there a number I can call? Yeah, there should be. I mean, I'm saying it here on the podcast. I hope somebody forwards this to Sadiq Khan or something. Oh, can I just say something else she did as well? Mm. For the treats for the kids, bearing in mind that all the kids that we thought were going to come to the door were all jeans age, so four and a half or five. Yeah. What sweets do you think she bought for the bowl? I don't know, Haribo? No. Nope. Skittles? No. Nope. Uh, lollipops? So, okay, let me let me ask it a different way. Yeah. What are, if you think of a four-year-old's favourite sweets, right. and then you think of the opposite of that, where do you get to with it? Oh, I don't know, like after eights or something, Bendix bitterness. Keep going, older, older. Older? Think of a, a sweet... Originals? Yes. No. Yes. Where does originals? Yes. Doesn't she know? No. They're old people's sweets. hear from drifters then annabelle okay first one is from paul in 1994 i was in my early 20s and i had a crappy job cleaning the windows and chandeliers at two big resort hotels here in southwest florida the number one comment i got from people was you missed a spot and it drove me crazy of course when you start working at one of these hotels you have to go through an employee orientation even if you worked for an outside contractor as I did. Since this is 1994 there isn't social media. There weren't too many mobile phones and none of them had cameras. There was no such thing as a 7-year-old kid with a tablet and a built-in HD camera. You couldn't document every boring second of your life and put it online for the world to see. So when the employees would talk to about what to do and what not to do when they encountered a celebrity, it was essentially don't ask for an autograph and don't gush over them about what a big fan you are. This is a resort and they are here to get away from people like that. Whenever a TV show or movie was being filmed here, the cast and crew would stay at one or both of these hotels and it wasn't uncommon to run into a celebrity while you were working. A movie was being filmed nearby called Just Cause and the cast and crew of that were staying at one of the hotels. The walkway from where the cars and limousines dropped people off to the front door of the hotel was a long walkway covered by a roof made of large panels of plexiglass. It was my job to get on a ladder, scrape the pelican poo off each of the pane of plexiglass, scrub it down and squeegee it off. You can imagine how many, you missed a spot, comments oh, I got. God. <laughs> It was summertime. It was about 7.30 in the morning and I was already soaked with sweat. And when you're working, you have to be aware of the people walking back and forth because you have ladders and buckets and poles and you don't want to hit any of the guests. But just barely aware. I wasn't about to smile and say good morning to someone who would almost certainly say, you missed a spot to me. In my peripheral vision, I could see a man walking from the front door to a limousine parked out front. I could just barely tell that he was an older man. He wore khaki shorts, a t-shirt and sandals. Didn't think much of it. Just another hotel guest. He got closer and said, you missed a spot. 
I looked down. <laughs> okay, I think I know where this is going based on that. And, and if that's right, that, that's the first time you've done an effective impersonation in your life. Thank you. I looked down, locked eyes with him, gathered my composure and said, Heart, yeah, very funny. Never heard that one before. We laughed at each other a little bit. He walked off, got into his limo and drove away. I went back to work thinking to myself, I have no proof of this and nobody will ever believe me when I tell them about the time that Sean Connery told me <laughs> that same old line that drove me nuts. You mischief spot. He said, <laughs> I didn't do it as well that time, did I? Uh, no. He said it just like that too. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that, isn't it? Yeah, R.I.P. What a great story for this week. I, yeah. I take it this is... Uh, this has just come in last couple of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. And and then to finish, we've got a Halloween one as well. So it's very topical. Great. This is from Alexandra. In my late 30s now, and my drifter moments have been getting somewhat less dramatic over the years as I'm slowly and very belatedly figuring out how to be a human. However, last Halloween, I had a true return to form that still makes me physically grit my teeth. I was working at a small company and my boss had invited everyone to a Halloween party at his house. At some point after accepting the invite, I was casually informed that everyone would be bringing Halloween-themed party food. I instantly recognised the alarming balls-up potential boiling over the brim of the scenario, as I do not do this sort of thing and was feeling my lack of experience, but still had hope that with the help of the internet, it could be done. After a lot of stressed-out research, I finally decided on making mini pizzas with Halloween motifs on them. I made an equally stressed out last minute shopping trip to get the ingredients after work and stored them in my fridge. However, at this point, I had worried about it so much that self-preservation kicked in and decided it didn't give a fig whose fault the stress was. Yes, obviously mine. It just needed to stop. On the evening before the actual party day, I had therefore completely had it with the whole thing. It had by now caused me hours and hours of stress after all. And I decided to draw the line by not making any effing stressful artsy pizzas <laughs> after a long workday. Thank you very much. Parties are supposed to be fun and a good thing after all, or so people keep telling me. <laughs> In the end, of course, I changed my mind and felt that I could not bring nothing. So I showed up at the party with a few bags of store-bought nachos and crisps and some store-bought sauces to dip them in. Only to end up deciding this probably wasn't appropriate to the occasion at all and actually leaving my conspicuous rustling shopping bag out in the hallway with my scarf and coat and then taking it home again afterwards and pretending this <laughs> never happened. Thankfully, so did everyone else. My younger years were such a perfect firestorm of cringe that I'm somewhat numb to it these days, but that is one that I definitely feel as it was such a glorious return to my past social graces. That said, I still make myself physically ill most Christmases by running around panicking about which presents to get for people, only to buy bland stuff on the end that seems like no thought, let alone pain and horror, went into it all. This is not how life is all the time, thankfully, but party contexts really bring it out of me. Do other adults actually enjoy this sort of stressful party effort thing? If not, why on earth do we do it to ourselves and call it fun? One day, maybe I'll even get my head around that one. But in the meantime, if anyone knows the way back to my home planet, my bags are always <laughs> packed, especially now that Christmas is starting to loom again. There's something very quintessential driftery about taking something to a party and then not quite being able to take it out of the bag yes, yes. and then taking it home yes, again yes. like whatever that is oh. what is it, you know and, and i think it's we've also heard from people in the past who 
have tried to okay I'm gonna do it I'm gonna yes, go somewhere I'm gonna go I'm gonna time. go and then they go and stand outside and then just go home again yeah, yeah. Like anything I don't quite know how to crystallize that into uh into a subject to ask you for emails but whatever that thing is it nearly happening nearly happening yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 nearly breaking free of the shackles of drifterdom yeah. um please send us yours and uh, and your stories of social ineptitude uh, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com Campbell. yes let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult blood tests so i've had a few blood tests in the last few months. Nothing COVID-related or serious, but don't worry, I'm also not wasting the NHS's time in a pandemic. (laughs) My nearest blood test centre has been closed as it was dealing with COVID patients, but it reopened a few weeks ago as I don't think anybody has told them about the second wave. And I needed to go there yesterday. And in the past, when I've been, you can't make an appointment, but when you arrive, you take a number ticket from a little machine. Do yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. So you know when it's your turn. Like you used to at a deli or a bakery, yes. like a bit of the supermarket, which I miss greatly. That seems to disappear, doesn't it? That thing of taking a ticket at the supermarket deli. Like Tell I- you where they're mad on that. Oh, go on. Sweden. Oh, I need to go and live in Sweden. Yeah, very good. You know, it's, you don't have just people milling about, not sure no. when it's there. I, I like I like the order of it. Yes. And I also, I like the number telling me and everyone else I'm next in line. And I don't want any of the kind of whose turn is it next to be open to interpretation. No, no. I don't want the interaction of that glance you have to do when it's your turn. Yes. When you know it's your turn, but you look at everyone else and convey... Oh, it's me, isn't it? I mean, I hope you don't mind that it's yeah. me. Are you sure it's okay that it's me? I mean, yeah, if you yeah, want, yeah. it can be you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want any of that. No. no. Know, this is, as I said before, I think the Nordic countries can be amongst the most driftery on earth. Mm. And I think this is a system, the ticket system, yes. is something that largely avoids that. I'll tell you what the problem is. Go on. Say you go and you take a ticket and you're number 85. Right. And currently up there, it's just at 44. Right. You think, oh, I've got time to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just pop off and then come back again. Yeah. Then you miss it. Oh, That's the flaw in the system. Yeah. But I think that it gives you that freedom, though, to wander off. It does. It's but, the only you know, flaw, but it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. But I just want to glance down, see my number and, and be safe in the knowledge that it's me. Yes. Anyway, this blood test centre used to have this. I loved it. I turned up yesterday. There's about eight people standing outside closed doors. They've obviously changed the system and I don't know the new one. So I join them all, keeping two metres distance. Nothing happens. And I start to worry that they're all just waiting for someone and I'm doing it wrong. And then someone else comes along and they ask what the procedure is, thank goodness. And I learn that it's 16 out, 16 in. So once 16 have left, what? yes, the next 16 can go in and then you get a ticket. But are you the, are you 16 responsible for knowing what order you arrived this in? This is the massive issue because we are not in a queue. People oh. are just, I know it's horrific. People are just standing around. And this obviously worries the new person because they ask about this because they are the bravest person on earth <laughs> and should probably get a Pride of Britain award or the Victoria Cross. <laughs> And the most confident lady in the group, the one who's been relaying the information so far, says that, yes, she's first. And then she says the order of everyone else that came, but completely misses me out. I'm so (laughs) insignificant. I don't even exist to her. Thankfully, someone else does point at me and say, and her. (laughs) Despite all this, I'm glad that my place has been noted. When When the 16 go in, I'm number eight. Bang in the middle. Great. 
So we're waiting a long time. More and more people arrive. Some seem to know the system. Others need explaining, although nobody again asks about the order. And then a nurse comes to open the doors. He has a thermometer and the roll of tickets. I'm ready to be number eight. And then it's a total free-for-all. What? Like even the other people who knew what order they're in. And guess what number I am? 16. No, 15. <laughs> Shunted down the little runt at the back. No, not the complete back. That was someone with a walking stick who was moving very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> However, none of this is as bad as when I used another test centre three months ago when this one was closed. This one was completely new to me, but you can make an appointment, which was, you know, that's the ideal situation. I arrived five minutes early and when I got to the door, it was open and I hesitated at the doorway because there was a man waiting outside. So I guessed like for COVID reasons, he just waited there until they called you. And I could see a receptionist and she caught my eye, but she didn't say anything. So I went back outside and waited near the man. And as I was waiting, my appointment time came and went and then it was five minutes over and then someone else turned up and I saw them go in and I saw the receptionist take their name and tell them to wait. So I realised I'd done it completely wrong and it left me in a horrific situation because I clearly messed up. But by going back in, the man that was standing outside would know that I'd horrifically messed up, which was mortifying. Like, why hadn't he told me, though, to go in? So I thought about it for a while. I was torn between admitting my mistake or just going home and letting my health suffer. (laughs) Eventually, I forced myself to go in. I got told off for being late. Then I had to wait half an hour for them to have time for me. And then when I got to the nurse, she said, have you eaten anything today? And I said, yes, quite pleased with myself because I fainted after blood tests before. So I'd eaten loads (laughs) of breakfast. And she said, with both disdain and annoyance, this is a fasting blood test. And I can't do it if if I've eaten anything. And I just had to go home. Annabelle. When can I become cyborg? (laughs) (laughs) They don't have blood, do they? First things first, can I say thank you to everybody who watched our live show this time last week? Yes. This time for the last week for us, mm. not not for you, because I don't know when you listen to the podcast, but uh, we did our, our first live show online for Patreon supporters and um, I, I enjoyed it. We were kind of plagued with technical issues mm. for the first part of it. Uh, in other words, the dodgy Wi-Fi in my house, which I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to get fixed. Mm-mm. It's difficult, though. Um, what I want is somebody to come around with. Do you remember Ghostbusters? Yeah. I mean, they used to carry things that, that they'd, they'd use to scan whether there were ghosts or, or not. Yeah, yeah. I want somebody to come around with a contraption that looks like that and work out what's going on with the bad Wi-Fi. I wonder if my house is haunted. Oh, and the ghosts, the ghosts into Yeah, it could be that. I don't know. But anyway. That's one possibility, isn't is, it? Does that job exist? Mm. Um, but but we enjoyed it so much, I think, uh, that we'd like to do another one quite soon. Mm. And, and, and I will be honest, part of that is I feel like we should do one with better Wi-Fi soon as well to make up for how bad the connection was on that one. But I don't... Broadly speaking, big success. I think it went pretty well. I think so. Thank you. Um, So you can, if you are a Patreon supporter, that is up there. I think it's split into three chunks. Okay. But by the end of it, we'd figured out how to read the comments in the chat that people were leaving and stuff, and we'll know all that for next time. So it's it's exciting. Um, I also, and I'm going to spend no more than five seconds on this. I wanted to say thank you very much 
to the uh, handful of people who've sent me encouraging emails in the last week. Um, I don't want to set myself off talking about it, but uh, it's really touched me. It meant a lot to me. So thank you. You know who you are. And also, you know who you are if you didn't send me an email. (laughs) Uh, Right. And shall we have some more laughing on the outside, dying on the inside? Yeah. Saskia says, I have one which I think a lot of people in hospitality can relate to. I work in a pub in Liverpool. Well, not currently. But when we were allowed to be open, I would get this constantly. I'm talking without a doubt multiple times during one shift. When someone pays by card, I kindly ask, would you like a receipt? The response I met with is, huh, it's not like I'm going to return it, followed by a look of recognition around the table and a huge smirk like they think they are the first person to say this ever. In reality, I've probably heard it about a million trillion times. <laughs> I don't get why it's so funny, though, because some people actually, if they've been difficult or if I've made a massive cock up, do return their drinks. <laughs> Needs to say, I'm not missing work that much. Great. Oh, this is from Lynn Barron. Oh, no. Stop it. <laughs> when asked about my profession, I say I'm a therapist. The response I always get, I bet you can read my mind. I better stop talking. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I bet that don't is don't a stop, Anna. Don't analyze Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet that's really annoying, isn't it? And then I got this one from Nick and I'm slightly paranoid. I've already read this. Do you remember anything about Hospital Porter? Can't remember. I don't know. Okay, do. let's do it anyway. I, well, what this will be either way, it'll well, either just be a good email, yeah, or the listeners will find it funny that you and I both have equally bad memories yeah. and we don't remember something that we read last week. I'm eighty percent sure that I haven't that maybe even higher that I haven't because it has happened before on the podcast yeah. where we've read long stories, both found them funny, and yeah. then somebody said, "You know that you read that two weeks ago." It's terrible. Okay, I I brought this up once with somebody, and they said, "Oh, it's because over the years, because of the radio show, you you've trained your brain to be very highly effective processor, <laughs> and it discards information it no longer needs once it's used." What it. kind, flattering person! I, I love them. <laughs> Nick says, "I worked as a hospital porter for a number of years, and there seems to be a great deal of opportunity for people to laugh and joke, and at sometimes pretty ugly scenarios." I love this attitude. It lifts tension, breaks people out of worry and shows that even at our worst we can make fun of ourselves and loved ones absolutely anyway the number one most common joke i heard was always this patient has a brain scan ct scan usually they leave the room and ask did you find a brain (laughs) of course (laughs) usually followed by my over-the-top laughing one to two minutes later when the patient arrives back to their relatives did you find a brain? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> or on the one occasion I was quick enough to remember, I would reply, they did, but it was only a small one. <laughs> of course, being so- socially awkward and misjudging the mood of the room happens regularly. One example of this was when a lady had fallen through her attic ceiling looking for her Christmas decorations. The poor woman arrived in an ambulance to A&E taped down to a spinal board suspected of a broken back. What was my opening introduction to the room of worried relatives and paramedics? Well, it serves you right for getting your decorations up in November. (laughs) Silence and an awkward walk to her x-ray. This incident was around six or seven years ago and I still wonder what was more badly timed, the joke or her November decorations. P.S. She was fine, just a bruise back. Oh, that's great. Uh, Some more of these, please, before Annabelle laminates them. Yeah, getting closer. I've done the table. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just, there's a few more touches that are coming up. Have you used some clip art? But no, no. I've, I'm, I'm going to tell you later. 
Okay. There's something exciting to reveal. Uh, hello at driftpodcast.com. Stay tuned for the exciting detail coming soon to this podcast. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Remembrance Sunday this week. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'll be taking some time to remember the war dead. But you know what? The other thing you get to remember around this time of year. Go on. That time on the one show where Cookie Monster was on in the run up to Remembrance Sunday and they made him wear a poppy. Never forget. I genuinely think it was one of the greatest things to ever happen. <laughs> and I think if you want to know about the modern age, it's all in there. I love thinking about it so much. So what I mean by that is, you know, Remembrance Sunday is a very sombre time and, you know, pe- people reflect about a huge loss of life and that is a very serious thing. Mm. And in the run-up to that, wearing a poppy as a sign of respect is, is a well-established tradition and, and, of course, you know, that's something people should choose to do. Mm-hmm. But then over the years, the... Yeah, I'm loath to use the phrase culture wars, but it's it's become so heightened that if somebody isn't wearing a poppy, then they can get called out for it. And, Mm. you know, the act of not wearing a poppy, which should just be a choice, and people have got their own reasons for doing things, whether it's, you know, whether they wear no poppy or a white poppy or a red poppy, that should just be an individual choice. Mm -mm. But we're at a stage now where if somebody goes on TV without a poppy, there is outrage and people go after them on social media and in the news media yeah yeah so that that's the sort of that's that's been getting that situation's been getting more febrile for years Mm -mm. and then you get a point where the one show which is a daft magazine show think oh we better make sure all our guests have got poppies on otherwise there'll be complaints (laughs) yeah and then a puppet is booked to go on the show in the run-up to Remembrance Sunday. And conversations have to be had about whether it's appropriate for the puppet to wear a poppy or not. Do you ever wonder whether it was more of a last-minute panic, like he was about to go on and someone went, but hold on, do you think... Oh, yeah, yeah. Shall we? Oh, don't know. Put it on! I love thinking about it. I I just love... There is no scenario. There's Like, whatever. whether it was seconds hours days or weeks that led up to that like whichever way you carve it it is just fascinating to think about how it happened Mm -mm. it's just brilliant (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) 
How many years ago is this and you're still <laughs> thinking about it so much? I don't know. Was it maybe four years ago? Okay. I, I don't know. Well, I, I, I genuinely don't know. But I think like there's just so much about the modern age mm. in the panic about the... the um, I told you, because the, the, there are a thing here, the poppies for Remembrance Sunday in this country, but it's not a worldwide thing. So when Sarah moved here, she'd see people wearing poppies and she thought it was something to do with Guy Fawkes Night. Oh, yeah, well, of course, it's so close. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, she finds Guy Fawkes Night really weird. Well, it is weird if you don't, haven't grown up with it. It's very weird. Because it's not just that, you know, I know you always say, come on, it's been... 400 years let mm. it let it go it's not it's not just that mm. um it's that the knight is named after the baddie yeah. who was foiled yeah and we recreate like what what didn't <laughs> what happen would have happened. yeah that actually makes no sense. We're kind and of then, trying to recreate the explosion of yeah. Parliament. And then burning an effigy of someone who's dead. Yeah. Repeatedly year yeah, after year after year. There's a, there's a lot to think about there and wonder whether we maybe should give it a rest now. Um, oh, I was going to tell you something. I told you Gene has got into Scooby-Doo. Mm. I know I mentioned Scooby-Doo once already, so it's, it's obviously on my mind. And And... Largely, the way that manifests itself is he wants to watch a YouTube video, which is the opening credits of Scooby-Doo over the years. Okay. Which I quite enjoy. Mm, yeah, a bit retro for you. Yeah. yeah. And there are some from the 90s or the noughties that I've got no memory of. Um, one's got a really good theme music done by Mark Mothersbaugh. So, yeah, I'm being educated. But really, I'm a purist and I only like those first couple of series of Scooby-Doo from the early 70s mm. and then you know like everybody else as soon as scrappy okay. is in no. i'm out yeah uh and then the other day i thought oh maybe i should maybe i should watch one of those episodes from the early scooby-doo where are you series oh, it'd be yeah. f- fun to watch it see if he likes it mm. and the good news is he does oh and sometimes i try and show him things from my childhood and a bit slow and boring but he really likes the scooby-doo cartoons from 1970 scooby-doo nice. where are you However, right. I'm not sure it passes. Uh... Oh, is it, is it a bit different times? <laughs> different times, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yes. Can you give me an example? Well, I mean, so on the other podcast, we talk about the Flintstones, and Ed, had, we would, we ended up talking about the Flintstones, and Ed excitedly watched an episode of Flintstones with his two boys, and they thought it was really sexist. Oh, right. Scooby Doo surprisingly seems seems fine with that stuff. Okay. The episode I watched, though, mm. did have a scene where Scooby and Shaggy yeah. dressed up as Chinese waiters. Oh, okay. Not only did they dress up as Chinese waiters, but yeah. Shaggy adopted right. an accent. Okay. Not good. No. But here's, here's my dilemma. Mm. Ever since then, I've really had a hankering for Chinese food. Okay. <laughs> Would it be wrong of me to eat... Chinese food inspired by, <laughs> you know, a racist trope. No, because... Could I eat that in good conscience? Because you're giving back to the community. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost your penance. I feel like you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Good, you made me feel better great, about it. Great. I didn't want to eat a racist meal. No, of course not. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Long pause. 
I was just waiting for you to jump in with the oh, first one. Oh, sorry. Here we go. Lieutenant Colonel Colin. This is a fairly minor one, but it's something that bothers me quite a bit. You gone with Lieutenant over Lieutenant? Yeah, I did, yeah. Okay. Am I wrong? Well, you, you, yeah, it's the creeping Americanization of our culture, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is a fairly minor one, but it's something that bothers me quite a bit. When you order a takeaway or book a table, they were usually asked for a name. Do I give my first name, my surname or my full name? It seems inconsequential, but I always feel like I've done it wrong and I've tried all of them. As an aside, I think I prefer the forename, but that feels like it could go wrong. Most likely another Colin picking up the food. I did this with my favourite local Indian restaurant seven years ago. They called me Mr. Colin when I arrived. I didn't correct them and they still call me Mr. Colin today. And we use them most weeks. I'm terrified they'll figure it out and ask me why I didn't correct them. Help. (laughs) I think this is a really interesting one because I have gone with just my first name before, mm. Annabelle, and then I get called Mrs. Bell. They think, or Anna. Oh, they think my name is Anna yeah, Bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Annabelle Port just feels like too much of a mouthful. Port sounds too abrupt. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't win. What do you do? I generally, because I'm lucky because I've just got the two syllables. Mm. So, and also, if I say my full name, if I just say Jeff, they almost invariably hear it as Jess oh really yeah and then I don't want to correct them and but, um, but if I say yeah it's Jeff Lloyd the, something about the running the double F into the double L because uh, I do pronounce all the consonants of course um, it, it helps helps yeah I think when you've got a, two syllables like mine it's, it's quite yeah. good to do your full name so you do a full name what do you think I should do Say, so, I mean, what does it? I'm not saying what does it matter because I understand, you know, the, you know, the, you the fact that I always give my full name mm. is. Um, I think. What if it's also if you do if I just say Annabelle, is it like me going Cher or Madonna? Like, <laughs> honestly, there's a lot to think about here. Yeah, I think you need to go. Yeah, first name Annabelle, second name Port. Okay, I think that's the way to do it. You need to. Or you can even ask them what first name or second name. Is that too much? Mm, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You're giving them. A, you've, you've, I don't. There's a throwing the ball back into their court. Which I okay. Don't. So what you're saying is full name, and if there's any ambiguity, like with Annabelle, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, spell it out. First name is Annabelle. Second name is Port. Okay, that's easy enough, right. isn't it? Yeah. I, I understand the awkwardness around it, mm, but mm. Um, it's not yeah. something that's bothered yeah. you in the, the past too much. Well, so. it has, and that's why I always make a point of saying it's Jeff. Lloyd. Jeff Floyd. Jeff Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then sometimes Jess Floyd. Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've had that plenty of times. <laughs> okay, and this is from Colonel. Not Colonel. once has anyone gone, do you do, do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Claire, I am fortunate enough to live in a village where a lot of dogs also So live. I will just say, though, mm. just on that, mm. I did once read a newspaper article about how certain restaurants, high-end restaurants, are now Googling their customers see if they're influencers or something or, or not only that so that they you know so that they know them when they arrive and maybe have something to say i don't even know what it was in maybe in the new york times or something mm. so i think well if i give my full name and make sure this it's spelled correctly so it's jeff lloyd <laughs> it's g as in golf because the amount of people who you say it's g and then they still spell it with a j anyway because right. um, it's stupid that the letter g has got a j sound Mm. Wasn't it gee? Okay. Anyway, the, the, 
I'm really getting into the weeds of okay. having a name that begins with a G here. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? So I think I do hope that maybe if I give my full name, somebody will Google mm. the podcast. Yeah. Oh, and, then, like the other one, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe this one. Right, and then yeah. get a new listener out of it. I will see. And maybe they'll make a fuss of me. I like the way he orders. I wonder, oh, so yeah. he does a podcast. Well, yeah. I bet it's yeah. brilliant because yeah. he orders yeah. so brilliantly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or, or like if I was the maitre d' of a restaurant mm. and I wanted to get a big tip or whatever, I'd say, uh, sir, uh, welcome to your table. And can I just say, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Oh, and how much more would you tip that person? Yeah, I'd tip enormously. Exactly, yeah. Although, as we heard earlier, um, a lot of hospitality people are discouraged from doing that, aren't they? Mm, yeah. Maybe it's happening to me all the time. People are wanting <laughs> to tell me how <laughs> much been, they enjoy the podcast. They've been told not to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, disobey. Because I would just like it. Of course. I'm sure if you're Sean Connery. You must get boring after a while. Yeah. yeah. I used to work with Noddy Holder and it could be quite exhausting for him. Right. But, uh, you know, at my level, yes. once once a week could be fine. Mm. More than fine. <laughs> anyway. Right. Can we go back to Colonel Clare? Yes. Okay. I am fortunate enough to live in a village where a lot of dogs also live, but unfortunately I do not have one myself. I try and get out of the house every day at lunch to go for a walk, one good thing that's come out of COVID, and always hope to bump into one of the village doggos. Now, if I don't know the dog in question, that's easy. I ask the accompanying human the usual things about name, age, breed, etc. But if I do know the dog, because it's one of the handful that live on my road... What do I say to the human? I already know the answers to all my usual oh, yeah, go-to yeah, questions, yeah, yeah. so I'm left stumped, which puts me in quite a quandary because I really want to say hello to the dog, but I'm put off because of the inevitable awkward conversation with the human. Help. And one more question, if I may, less a quandary, more seeking reassurance. Is it normal to worry years after the event that you've given a stranger dud directions? Yes. Over 10 years ago, I unintentionally gave someone incorrect directions and I still feel bad about it now. Normal or not normal? Yeah, normal. Totally normal. I had to ring somebody this week. Mm. The last time I... Somebody I worked with probably for six, seven years... And then I hadn't seen them for a couple of years. I bumped into them in a tube station and I was so pleased to see them that I gave them a huge hug. Mm. And straight away I knew I misjudged it. And, mm. it, you know, I was more pleased to see them than they were me. Oh. They, you know, we were never particularly close. It was somebody I liked, but mm. we weren't, um, you know, best buddies or or anything. And I'd really overdone the reaction. Mm. And I had to ring them this week and I made a point of mentioning this hug and saying that I think of it probably once a week and and it makes me very uncomfortable and I'm sorry that I misjudged it so much. And what did they say? I had no memory of it. Of course they didn't. They never do. No. No. Okay, back to the dog situation. Yeah. Can I give my point of view as someone who walks a dog daily? I am so happy for you to say nothing and just make a fuss of my dog. Yeah. Don't care. In fact, I prefer it. I don't I definitely don't want you to ask me what breed and what age. I know the breed, but I feel like an idiot saying it. I don't know why. Because he's a Jack Russell Yorkshire Terrier, and that's a mouthful. Or I can say Jorky, which sounds stupid. Don't ask me how old he is. Don't know, forgotten. <laughs> And but I love saying his name. So ask me his name. Great, that's nice. Then you can say hello, Rusty. Don't. That's all I want from you. And if you don't want to ask any of those questions, I don't think anyone cares. I think they yeah, like the fact. Yeah. I think everyone loves the fact that you, that you like their dog. It's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The age one has always struck me as a weird one. 
Well, asking how old they are. Because, yeah. you know, you're either, yeah, it's either, oh, so it's just a puppy yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're thinking, it's only got that long to live <laughs> Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, that was her three questions, I think. Age, yeah, yeah name, yeah. age, breed, yeah, etc. No, no, I think, I think I would feel the same way. Just make a fuss of the dog and I would feel relief. Yes, that there's nothing more than that. Yeah. yeah. So I think actually you're fine to say nothing. At the very most, if you feel like they want something from you, ask the name. Send us your quandary to hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. Um, send us your stories or your quandaries. Hello at driftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man in the Echo for the backing music, to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took the photos and Kim Rainey designed the artwork. And Annabelle, I think um, I think we, we couldn't end the podcast without you treating us to your impersonation one more time. You missed a spot. <laughs> Ready for a podication? Yeah. Here it comes. It's from Lois, who says, Ahoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy. A couple of years ago, you were good enough to read a podication from me to my dear friend Flossie and her then fiancé, Theo. Flossie is the friend who guided, or should that be misguided me, towards your wistful witterings back when you were on The Jeff Show. Aww. Mm. Just thought about Leslie Phillips. Oh, that was lovely. He used to do, uh, Leslie Phillips, the uh, the fine comic actor, used to do all the voiceovers for The Jeff Show. Is he still with us? He was, I don't know, though. I don't remember him leaving us. He is. He's still, he's still with us. He still is with us. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's 96. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, here's something um, I then ever knew or I've only just um, uh, or, or I've forgotten. Shares a birthday with me. Lovely. Isn't that nice? Very nice. You and Hitler. <laughs> um, he married in 2013. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, how can he be bothered? I mean, I'm amazed. It's great. I know. Good old look. What a, what a guy. Um, on my behalf, you wished Flossie and Theo the happiest of wedding days. And as one of the blubbering bridesmaids in attendance, I can attest that it was an utterly beautiful occasion with many joyful cuddles all round. This was back when we could engage in that sort of touchy, feely unpleasantness, of course. Well... I'm delighted to say that just over a year later, Flossie has given birth to a bouncing baby boy. Was he bouncing? He bounced out. Boing, boing, boing. (laughs) Yeah. um, Upon whom I will keep a shrewd eye as he grows older. The moment I sense any hint 
of drifterish inclination, I will immediately reach out and assure him that he is not alone and that there's a community of us who navigate the world in a muddled cloud of head bobs, half smiles and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> However, Floss and Theo have given their young son the best possible start in life bestowing by bestowing upon him a cool name. As I recall, when you read my last publication to this pair, you commented that Floss and Theo sounded like cool names for cool people, and while I know they protest, I can assure you this is indeed the case. Trust them to go ahead and give their baby boy the coolest of cool names, Jago. Oh, that is cool, That's isn't a it? great name, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I really like that. How could he possibly be a drifter now? He outclassed us all in the social attitude stakes mm. within the first few days of his life. He will forever be able to breezily enter a room and introduce himself as Jago. Uh, and to himself, I've got this. Yeah. Yeah. Jago, great. I bet he'll be able to do, you know, that sort of like very complicated fist, but I mean, COVID aside mm. that complicated fist bump thing with the slapping and the bumping oh, yeah, and the yeah. one potato two <laughs> potato whatever they're doing i never really know yeah i don't think they do i think he'll be very adept potato. at that and then he'll, i bet he'll be able to moonwalk as well oh. i'm beyond happy for this new little family and i know flossie and theo will be the most magnificent of parents mm. so i'd be grateful if you podicate this to jago and the future of social capability i know he'll have that the rest of us could only dream of. Stay positive and test negative. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I might start using that at the end of all my emails. Yeah. And keep up the barely passable work. Love, Lois. Lois is a cool name as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lois is cool. It's mm. too, too cool for this mm. podcast. Somehow got, you know, heard Leslie Phillips' voice. Yeah, yeah. Got sucked into the radio show. Mm. And we've, we've infiltrated. But... um. Yeah, well, this is great. Jago sounds fantastic. Hope everything's all right with Flossie and, and Theo. It is the most magical time and it's uh, it's not easy as well. It's not. It's okay for it not to be easy and it's okay to enjoy it while it's magical. It's okay to feel like it's not 10 seconds later yep. than it is again another minute later. Um, so thank you. Thank you for, for giving us an update. I love the sound of Jago. Yeah, me too. If I could buy shares in a kid, <laughs> I would buy shares in Jago. There we go. The latest edition of the podcast, podicated to Flossie, Theo and Jago from Lois. If you would like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 